if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. And a good morning to you. Thanks for getting started with us at eight eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday. It's the fifth morning of the 10th month already of the year of our Lord 2020. Congressman Jim Jordan will be with us in about 40 minutes from right now. In fact, exactly 40 minutes from right now at 948. We'll have his regular weekly visit on all things going on on Capitol Hill and, of course, here in the state of Ohio as well. So Jim Jordan is our only guest today, and that means plenty of opportunities for you to be heard at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. I've been given that phone number for uh, five and a half years now. How did I almost mess that up? 216-901-0945, Either number will get you to me on the program. So we're going to start today as you might imagine, with the outrage. The outrage, of course, belongs to the American political left, and they're outraged that Donald Trump is getting healthy faster than he should be. They're really, really angry that he is not on a ventilator. Why is he planning on being discharged from Walter Reed Medical Center as early as today? Doesn't he know how important it is that he stay in a hospital on a ventilator so that we can mock him incessantly for getting sick, for being infected with a disease that he cavalierly dismissed for these last six months? Never mind the fact that that's not true. He did no such thing. He responded very quickly to the threat of COVID-19 before it got here and then responded with a White House coronavirus task force filled with some of the most uh, uh, knowledgeable and experienced minds in America, consulting also with doctors around the world, ramping up PPE production unlike anybody has ever seen, providing so many necessary uh, assistant or aids and assistances, if you will, if I can be cavalier with my vocabulary there, Uh, to all of the states that were in the most dire need when the outbreak outbreak began, so so much so that he received praise from two of the most liberal governors in the history of America, who happened to be governors of our two most populated states, 
California's Gavin Newsom, Newsom and uh, New York's Andrew Cuomo praised him incessantly for his incredible work in helping them with everything that they needed from the federal government. But that story has changed, of course, because it's election season, and we're now less than a month away, literally less than a month. And, of course, the story has to be President Trump completely downplayed COVID. President Trump didn't take COVID seriously. President Trump didn't order all of America to hide behind a useless mask. President Trump got COVID, and he deserved it. Now, what are you doing coming out of the hospital? You should lay there on a ventilator so that we can mock you and say, see what happens when you take Trump's attitude with this whole thing? President Trump instead has continued to post videos of himself from Walter Reed, looking and sounding better and better. Photos released from the White House show him grinding away at the desk at work in the presidential suite at Walter Reed, rather than in an ICU on a ventilator. And now, yesterday, you see the president leaving Walter Reed to take a Secret Service-led SUV trip tour kind of around the facility to wave and say thank you to the thousands and thousands of supporters who came to D.C. from all over America just to show their support for our president. He went out there in the back of that SUV, masked up, of course, given his situation, guided by other uh, Secret Service agents who were also masked up with the approval of his physicians to take a little victory lap or a little tour. Some people are calling it a joy ride. I don't care what you call it. What he did was he took a little trip outside to say thank you, and I am not on a ventilator. I am not dying. I am being treated the way so many others have, and I'll be right back soon enough. And that is why they're outraged. They being the DNC and the MSM, the Democratic National Committee, and the mainstream media, although those two are usually interchangeable. How dare he go outside in a limo or a limousine SUV, if you will, a presidential vehicle, how dare he go out in that when he's been diagnosed with COVID? How dare he be in the presence of other people like those agents? You know, it's hysterical. They act as if the president is in full-on isolation. He is not. He is around people at Walter Reed all the time. All of the necessary precautions, of course, are being taken to protect him from them and them from him and the First Lady and every other person who has been uh, who has been infected with the COVID-19 ch- uh, uh, Chinese coronavirus. But the mainstream media and the DNC are outraged. Well, I think there are a couple of things here. One, you know, we've been hearing from sources that the president is feeling cooped up in the hospital. He wants to get out as soon as possible. But if you look at some of those images and you look at some of those Secret Service agents, you know, the president of the United States has coronavirus, which is extremely contagious. And he is in a closed off, sealed off vehicle right now putting U.S. Secret Service agents at risk. I I think that that's not something that we should lose sight of right now. There's He's putting Secret Service agents at risk. Secret Service agents, by the way, who are trained, willing, and ready 
to dive in front of a bullet to save that man's life because that's what they're trained to do. But they're at risk now because they're in a car with President Trump. Even though they are around President Trump pretty much 24-7 anyway, with or without a COVID diagnosis. Dan Bongino is a radio host and a Fox News contributor and, yes, a former Secret Service agent himself. And these guys and the women of the Secret Service are the ones that had the nerve to do it. So to, to, to these media buffoons, you clowns, who don't know the first thing about honor, dignity, or courage, I know you wouldn't get in that car with the president with a mask or a full bubble mm. suit because you're chumps and cowards and spineless losers. We all know that. But don't you dare utter the word Secret Service again because you know nothing about these men or women, why they do what they do, how they wound up in that car, why they did it, and they do it again tomorrow. So how about you just shut your mouths, put your caboose in a chair, and sit this one out? I did hear... Dan Bongino laying it out. He knows exactly what is required of a Secret Service agent. And the fact that he just pointed this out, the fact that no one was assigned to take President Trump in the vehicle to go and greet supporters around Walter Reed Medical Center. They volunteered. They volunteered to do this. And the White House announced, of course, that they have done exactly what they're supposed to do, taken every precaution necessary to the point where the medical team guiding President Trump's treatment and recovery cleared this entire endeavor. Appropriate precautions were taken in the execution of this movement to protect the president and all those supporting it, including PPE, said White House spokesman Judd Deere in a statement. The movement was cleared by the medical team as being safe. So the president had a little trip outside Walter Reed in his little vehicle, and of course he was, uh, like I said, he was protected by Secret Service agents who were there as well. Now, this is where it's going to be interesting because I'm going to go into my own mode here and ask the obvious. I really, truly believe myself to be, if I have any strength at all, after 23 years on the radio, it's the ability to bring common sense to what should be or could be a very partisan um, discussion. From a common sense standpoint, those who have been complaining and those who have been arguing on the left primarily, about the importance of and the effectiveness of and the efficacy of wearing face masks as a means of stopping the spread of COVID-19. Those who have said that the face mask is what is going to keep everybody safe. Those who have said that wearing the face mask is the difference between becoming infected or not becoming infected, the face mask can stop you from dying if you wear it, or essentially increase the chances of your death at the hands of a disease with a 99.5% recovery rate, by the way. Those who have told us that the masks work are the same people who are complaining that Donald Trump got into a vehicle wearing a mask with Secret Service agents driving the vehicle wearing a mask and saying Donald Trump put their lives at risk. 
Common sense, right? Which is it? Do masks work or do they not? Because if you tell me that Donald J. Trump put Secret Service agents' lives at risk when they were wearing masks in that car and he was wearing masks, a mask in the back of that car, if you tell me that their lives were at risk, then I am going to call you a bald-faced liar for the last six, now seven months that you have been telling us that these masks saved lives. Which is it, Dr. Redfield? Dr. Robert Redfield, head of the Center for Disease Control. Which is it, Dr. Redfield? Face masks, these face masks are the most important, powerful public health tool we have. These actually, we have clear scientific evidence. They work, and they are our best defense. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine. This face mask is more guaranteed to protect me from COVID than even the vaccine. President Trump had one of those on. His Secret Service agents had those on. So according to the CDC, and we're always told to listen to the CDC, trust the doctors and the science at the CDC. According to that CDC, those masks are guaranteed to protect those agents against COVID more than even a vaccine would. So if they're guaranteed far leftists who are looking for something, anything they can find to trash and destroy this president, which is it? Were they protected by the glorious, life-saving face mask? Or were their lives endangered by a radical president who just couldn't say no to appearing before a crowd? Make up your minds, you hypocritical buffoons. Do the, do the masks work or do they not? And if you believe, as I do, that they are nothing but show, then I can tell you a better place for you to stuff those face masks than around your nose. It's 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. It's the Bob France Authority. Join me at 216-901-0945 right here on AM 1420, The Answer. I get such a kick out of these uh, leftists. Wear the mask. It'll save lives. Donald Trump didn't wear a mask. That's why he caught COVID. Donald Trump should have worn a mask, and he wouldn't have gotten COVID. If Donald Trump wore a mask everywhere, he wouldn't get COVID. Donald Trump should have worn a mask, or he, and he wouldn't have gotten COVID. But yet there are President Trump's Secret Service agents in front of the SUV taking him on his little trip yesterday wearing masks, and what are they saying? Those Secret Service agents could have gotten COVID. How do you know that those Secret Service agents didn't catch COVID? Well, you just said if you wear a mask, you don't get COVID. Yeah, but that was for Trump. He needed to wear a mask or he would have gotten, and he wouldn't have gotten COVID. These guys are wearing masks, but they can still get COVID because, well, Trump has it. And you see, the thing is that the masks that, that Trump wore is different than the, 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 the orange man bad, orange man bad. I mean, that's where they are. Holy God. Pardon that, Lord. Holy goodness. The hypocrisy of these people. 
It just it's, it knows no bounds. I get a kick out of this. If Trump had worn the all-important, life-saving, life-affirming face mask, he wouldn't have gotten sick. But his Secret Service agents who are wearing that all-important, life-saving, life-affirming face mask, and Donald Trump put their lives at risk. <laughs> How do you possibly support this mindset? How can you possibly continue to argue that face masks are the answer and that they are anything other than a show? Chris Wallace yesterday haranguing Steve Cortez on Fox News Sunday about the first family at the debate taking off their masks once they were seated. Steve, let's talk about reasonable rest because there was the debate on Tuesday night, as you say, that I moderated, the, the rules from the Cleveland Clinic could not have been more clear. Everyone, everyone in the audience was to wear a mask. Uh, the president and the, the, the vice, former vice president and I were the only ones exempt from that. We've got a picture up on the screen. After the first family came in, they all took off their masks. So did the White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Do they think that the health and safety rules for everybody else do not apply to them? And I'm going to answer for Steve Cortez. And I'm going to tell Chris Wallace to have a nice cup of shut the heck up and think about what you are saying. That picture that they put up on the screen, which I can, of course, only describe to you, is of the first family in the front row of the debate uh, uh, venue at Cleveland Clinic, at Case Western, technically, And it showed them doing exactly what you do every time you go into a restaurant. You wear your mask on the way in, right? Then when you're seated at the table, you're allowed to take them off. And it is considered to be safe to do so because that table is six feet away from every other patron in the place. Same goes for every other public venue right now in most states. If you're six feet away from others and you're seated and not moving around, you can take your face mask off, and it's considered to be healthy. Well, in this debate play, in this uh, debate venue, they are far more than six feet away from everybody else. They are only seated together, which is okay, because they all live together and work closely together on a regular basis, kind of like your family. They, got, they, they went in, they sat down, again, well, well more than six feet apart from everybody else, and sat down. Now, it's just they probably should have brought a plate of food with them. Then it could have been considered a restaurant. See, this is the insanity of the left. It is okay to take off your mask when seated at the bar. It's okay to take off your mask when seated at the table. But it's not okay to take off your mask when seated at your desk at school. It's not okay to take off your mask when you're seated at the debate. It's not okay to take off your mask when you're seated outside in the stands at a football game. There is no consistency to the rules because the rules are made up. The effectiveness and the efficacy of masks is made up. That's the reason why five months ago they were telling you, no, of course, Dr. Fauci said. No, the Surgeon General said. You guys don't need to wear masks. Healthy people don't need to wear masks. This is not a threat to you. And now it's, well, you know, do the health and the safety rules not apply to the first family? Chris Wallace asks breathlessly. Maybe they know the same thing that so many other people with common sense know. 
the masks are a tool. They are a tool to continue to spread fear and propaganda, and intelligent people understand that. And they, all they were doing is following the same rules. If they had walked into a restaurant for a meal, they sat down and removed their masks, and they were no, in, no more danger, and neither was anybody else from them doing so than anybody else was. All right, I'm going to get to your calls, I promise. I just have so much to monologue about today. Well, good news now. Come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 948, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer awaiting our connection to uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. Looking forward to that. I'm going to take a call here before we get Congressman Jordan on the phone. No, I take that back. I'm going to go to him. He is there right now. Congressman Jim Jordan is, of course, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, joining us now for his regular Monday update on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Congressman. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing fine, Bob. Good morning to you. Good morning, and uh, wow, um, what an amazing uh, turn of events over the last 72, 96 hours. President Trump mm-hmm. uh, announces his diagnosis mm-hmm. with COVID-19, but it's okay. Uh, very yep. mild symptoms, if any at all. Then suddenly we're going to Walter Reed over, uh, out of an abundance of caution. Then he's needing some oxygen assistance. And then he's probably going to be released as early as today, uh, yeah. from what we yeah. have been told. And the left has been all over the place on this. Congressman, um, do you think that President Trump should tone it down a little bit in terms of his schedule? We know he is a, I swear he's a cyborg. I've said this before. I just don't think there's anything can stop him, his energy level. But when you are dealing with this virus, knowing what we know about it, rest is, you know, perhaps the best thing for him. Do you think he should, uh, you know, kind of scale back that schedule just a little bit? I mean, he's a man of amazing energy. We we all know that. We've seen the schedule he has kept uh, over the last uh, you know five years since he since he since he started running for the for the job in, in fifteen and sixteen. Um, so um, amazing energy. I think that's between him and his doctors. I, I will tell you, Bob. I spoke with the president yesterday, and he sounded great. He sounded like the, the, the this news I talked to. Uh, pardon? No apologies. That pardon, was a, gli- a glitch. No, that was a glitch. Go oh, ahead, okay. sir. Yeah. No. No. I, and, and he was. Um, I mean, he was upbeat. He was energetic, like he always is, and and uh, he was he was telling me exactly what what we're hearing in the news that he he expects to uh, to you know leave the hospital sometime today and get back to the White House. Obviously, he should consult with his doctor and, and work the the appropriate kind of schedule. But he sure seemed normal to me and ready to fire it up and ready to win this election. His um, his opponents, which means the the DNC, uh, all elected Democrats, and the mainstream media, are savaging him for taking that little uh, limo tour around um, D.C. or around Walter Reed yesterday, where thousands and thousands of supporters have gathered to show support for him. He got into a vehicle yeah. with a mask. Uh, he had Secret Service agents up in the front of a separated, divided uh, uh, yep. part of the vehicle, yep. also with masks. Yep. And according to the left, he put Secret Service agents' lives at risk. How do you respond? I think he was going out thanking people who had been standing outside, uh, who appreciate what this president has done for the for the country, for for them, for the American people. Uh, that this president has done what he said he would do over the last four years. I think he was going out to thank folks, uh, much like I, I remember when I was younger, uh, Reagan stepping out and waving to uh, to supporters as well. Uh, I think that's I think that's just that's who the president is. He wanted to thank people. You know, the night before. 
maybe it was even Friday night, he sent Mark out to, uh, he saw the supporters out there, I think on Friday evening, and he sent Mark out with some candy for, for the for the folks who have been standing out there waving American flags and Trump flags. So um, that's just who the president is. I think it was the right move, um, and, and they took the, the necessary precautions, my understanding, uh, to, to do anything and everything they can to protect these Secret Service guys who uh, do so much to protect the president. You know, just one more thought on this, too. What really frustrates me is the inconsistency of messaging, because the left has constantly told us, including uh, CDC Director Robert Redfield last week, saying that this mask is 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 the most uh, guaranteed thing to protect me from COVID, even more so than uh, of, a vaccination. And so if the masks are guaranteed to protect you and the Secret Service agents were wearing masks, and so was President Trump, then how can they then claim that he put Secret, Secret Service agents' lives at risk? Masks either work or they don't, right? Bob, you know it's not about any, any type of real, real, real facts here. It's about politics. So when, when protesters mm-hmm. can go out, and that's fine. They can all assemble with or without masks. Most of the time it seems like without masks. Scream and yell and do all the crazy, terrible things they did for for hours and hours, and in, and in case of Portland, for a hundred and some days nonstop. They can do that, and that is no problem. There's no coronavirus worry there. But the president has a rally? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The president has a rally. That's the worst thing in the world. So these guys are so inconsistent. It is all about attacking the president. It is all about politics. It is all about the left and their un, unrelenting way they go after this, uh, this, this president, which they've, as, as we've talked about before, been doing now for four and a half, five years. Yeah, no question about that. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. Let's talk more about the politics now of all of this. Let's start in and the COVID impact on the politics. And let's start with uh, Andrew McCabe. We heard from Jim Comey. Well, we heard what Jim Comey didn't remember yeah. last week uh, with the Senate Judiciary <laughs> Committee. I mean, seriously, it was yeah. a, it was a, it was an embarrassment. Yeah. But but he yeah. ran the investigation uh, into President Trump and uh, and uh, his yeah. deputy uh, in the FBI, of course, is Andrew McCabe. And Andrew McCabe was supposed to speak this week before the Senate Judiciary Committee. He is now refusing to do so, Congressman. He says because his health might be in jeopardy if he appears in person. Oh, so they said, well, oh, go ahead God. and do it virtually like Jim Comey did. Nope, he's yeah. refusing virtual, too. I mean, I don't know. Does he expect yeah. he's going to catch COVID from his uh, from his computer screen? I don't get it. COVID can, can, can attack now via, via the computer screen, Bob. We, it's something we didn't know until Andy McCabe. No, this is just, again, this is the double standard that the left always has. Uh, remember, it was the Democrats who fought for these, 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 these virtual hearings, fought for in the House. They are actually doing proxy voting. There are, there are literally Democrats who haven't shown up in months. They're phoning in their vote. So they fought for all these crazy rules, unprecedented in, in, in American history. We've never had proxy voting. They fought for this, and now when it's, uh, oh, they may have to come answer some questions, Andy McCabe, uh, I'm going to blame it on COVID, not, not, not show up. So uh, it's ridiculous. Everyone knows it's ridiculous. Everyone knows it's wrong. Uh, of course, if he did show up, you know, maybe he would be the, as bad as Comey. And, uh, what was Comey's favorite line? That doesn't ring a bell. I can't quite remember that. <laughs> so, um, you know, these people, Comey was in every major meeting. He was in this now famous uh, January 5th meeting, uh, January 5th, 2017, where they hatched the plan on how they were going to take out three-star General Michael Flynn. And Comey can't remember, squat about anything. So it's frustrating. But McCabe should come, daggone it. He's, in fact, I think he should be prosecuted. Andy McCabe, you know, the, the, the lies he told. Um, but he should come. Unfortunately, it looks like he's not going to. 
Yeah, and you know he's he's going to run out the clock here. I mean, the the election is now yep. less than one month away, and if he doesn't testify this week, you know he's not going to be testifying before the election. And eventually, he's hoping, uh, you know, a Joe Biden victory and a change in power uh, in terms of the D, of the DOJ, et cetera, is going to cease any investigation into what was done. And that to well, me is but just there, the but there's of, not going to be Bob. I think you agree with me. There's not going to be a Joe Biden victory. I, I think the president's going to win this thing. You know, remember, 62% of Americans answered a survey by Cato. Now, let's say you can trust this survey by Cato because it wasn't really about politics. The survey Cato did said 62% of Americans says, I'm, I'm afraid to express my thoughts freely in the cancel culture mob world we find ourselves in. So think about this. If 62% of Americans are reluctant to speak out about anything because of the cancel culture, might they be a little less than straightforward on a political poll where they're asking about President Trump? So all these polls that have what, what the Wall Street Journal poll has, Trump 14 down nationwide, there is no way this stuff is accurate because you and I can feel it around our state. We see, we see a thousand Trump signs for every one Biden sign. So we know those polls aren't accurate. Americans are reluctant to speak out because of the mob. I think the president is going to win this thing. And when he does, then maybe Andrew McCabe will come in and we'll get some answers. Well, great, great points. Uh, and it should be noted, by the way, that one poll had Hillary Clinton up 14 as late as October yep. 10th, which is, of course, five days later yep. than where we are right now. And we saw what happened with that. OK, so let's talk about, you know, one of the reasons why that number came up. It was post debate. Uh, a lot of people had a real problem with the way President Trump conducted himself in that debate. A lot of others did not. But nonetheless, the numbers really uh, went that direction after the debate. So let's talk yeah. about the next one. Do you think, again, back to the covid issue here, because of the president's diagnosis, do you think Biden will use that as an excuse to not share a stage with the president, number one? And number two, how do you expect this debate to go in terms of fairness, given the fact that the moderator is, A, a former Joe Biden intern? Now, that was a long time ago when he was 18 <laughs> years old. So you may, so you may say, yeah. no, that's not going to impact him. But it's the same guy, Steve Scully with C-SPAN who four years ago retweeted David Brooks' New York Times, no, not now, not ever, for Donald Trump. Uh, This guy is a never-Trumper, and he's going to be in charge of the debate. Yeah, well, it can't be much worse than than Chris Wallace. I mean, for goodness sake, last Tuesday, the president, he won two debates. He he, he beat the moderator and he beat Joe Biden. So (laughs) I'm not so worried about that. It's just par for the course. You know you're going to get someone who's biased for the Democrats. That's just, unless it was Bob France moderating the debate, then it would be fair. You would be, even though you're pro-Trump and you're conservative, you would be fair. But the left can never do that. So, um, yeah, I'm not too worried about it because that's just, that's just the way life is. I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I, I know the, the jeepers, the president has to be used to it because he gets attacked every single day uh, uh, from, from, as you said, the mainstream press and all the Democrats. So I, I think it'll be fine. This president will come out aggressive like he was in, in, uh, last Tuesday in Cleveland. And um, I think he'll, he'll win again. What if they mute that aggressiveness? Quite literally, there is talk now about a mute button to uh, silence the other side when the two minutes of the uh, of the first answer being given by one of the yeah. candidates is being that ain't going to fly. Allowed. That ain't going to that is not going to fly. The idea that you're going to cut off the mic to the president of the United States, the former vice president of the United States, and not let them engage in a real debate is ridiculous. It was maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever. I mean, maybe next to this crazy idea the left has of defunding the police, this might be the second dumbest thing I've heard in the last several months. You do not do that to the president of the United States. You do not do that to the former vice president of the United States, who are the respective nominees of the two major parties, when they are campaigning and debating for the highest office in the land. That is ridiculous. And the left that comes up with these ridiculous ideas, I think the American people said, no, 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 let them fight it out. Uh, let's, 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 let's let these, it's not, a, the one thing we've got to remember, 
These debates aren't about the moderator. They're not about the TV network. They're about the two candidates and who we're going to elect as the president of the United States of America. Let's stay focused on the subject at hand. Last thing, Congressman, before you go. Um, again, using COVID and the president's diagnosis, the left is trying to say now we have a real reason to delay the confirmation hearings of Amy Coney Barrett. It's not safe for the Senate to get together and to uh, and to question her. Uh, so we're going to have to push this off. I mean, we know it's just yeah. politics, seriously. But um, uh, what is what is your expectation as far as that? No, they're going to plow ahead, which is the appropriate thing to do, which is their duty, which is their constitutional duty. So they're going to plow ahead. There has never been anyone as, as I think, as qualified and as, as ready for this job as, as Amy Coney Barrett. So let's let's get on. She's been confirmed once. She had bipartisan support when she was confirmed for the for the uh, circuit court. Let let's let's get on with this. Frankly, they could go straight to a debate, or excuse me, straight straight to a yeah a, a floor debate and a vote. They wouldn't have to do all the committee hearings because she's been through it before and taken all this crazy questions from Senator Feinstein. But uh, they're they're going to have the uh, they're going to have the hearings. Uh, they're going to go through that. So let's get on with it and let's get it done as as soon as possible and get her confirmed to the court. Let's hope indeed they do they do exactly that. There is no reason whatsoever for this to uh, to be dragged out, and uh, the left is going to do what they can. But Congressman Jordan, always appreciate your candor, sir. Thanks very yeah, much Bob. for your work, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer he took us right to the 10 o'clock mark, which is what we wanted him to do. The second hour is guest free. That means it's your time. 216-901-0945. Join us on AM 1420. The answer.